Hello? Hello? Hey, Annalise. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> great, great. Hey, I just wanted to check in and uh, have our second episode ever on this podcast. And welcome to the Greg Chats Cash podcast. But like uh, this weird phone call, this is kind of how it's going to be. It's just going to be a little chit-chatty. <laughs> but, um, so I wanted to kick it off by thanking you for joining me. And for those of you listening, Annalise Bronze has been an amazing uh, new friend I've made on the interwebs, helping me out with Greg Chats Cash and Cash Chat Snap. And Annalise, tell me, uh, you're in college right now, right? Yes, I am. That's correct. What, I'm a freshman in college. What? Where Where do you go to school currently? I go to school at the New School. That's what it's called. It's a very interesting and, and eccentric name. <laughs> oh, yeah, the New School. Does it stand for anything in particular, or that's just the name they picked? Uh, way back when, when it was founded, it used to be known as the New School for Social Research, so, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. And you mentioned uh, before, you have uh, two really unique majors, if I remember, kind of the two that you blended together. What were they? Yes. Business and theater. Uh Oh, business and theater. Oh, I like that blend. So uh, so creative and hardworking. I like that. Uh, so tell me, what, <laughs> why business and theater? Okay, so when i was 14 i had my own etsy business and then going off from there i would sell magazines old magazines and objects lying around the house on ebay and amazon and whatnot so that really put me into the you know business mindset wait hold up did you say you sold old magazines yes i want to hear more about that what do you mean you sold like you just picked up a magazine said can i sell this online yeah, I I just had uh, magazine subscriptions to to drum magazines because I'm a drummer and to music like uh, magazines such as Alternative Press, which is mainly what I sold. And they're not too old, but they're kind of modern actually. But that's well. How did I how did you figure how did you figure out how, you just figured out? Let me try to post this, or did you look them up and see if there was like I've heard of people reselling books, but magazines. I'm like. Oh man, you just opened up a whole new idea for me on ways to earn money that people I've never heard anyone talk about. And it's only the first like yeah. few minutes of our podcast here. So, wait, <laughs> uh, so how did you come across it? Did you look them up or what? I you know, I knew I had a cousin who would sell his old things and I kind of knew that you can pretty much sell a lot of things on there. So, I just tried it out. I didn't look up anything. I didn't had no experience. I just went for it, and I, I love sold it. some I things. Love it. I love it. Just do it, right? Just give it, I mean, that's yeah, what we're doing right now. It. Let's let's make a podcast. Okay. I'm sitting in a car right now in my parking lot at my work because I get better reception here. Um, so uh, mm -hmm. just you sent me a bunch of topics not too long back, and uh, basically, I really want. I'm excited to to collaborate with you and to talk just in general about you know personal finance stuff in ways that uh, is relevant to you and really relevant to anybody listening. And those of you listening, if you want to chat like this sometime, hit me up either on Anchor or whatever, because this is what it's about. It's not about experts. It's not about amateurs. It's about all of us. Um, and some of the things you wrote about really affect all of us. Like you wrote uh, one of the things about spending less uh, on our bills. Uh, and then two of the other ideas that really struck me as great topics to chat about for a few minutes is what uh, you mentioned wealth mindsets and how yeah. the rich manage their money. And so I guess uh, 
um, before we get into the wealth mindset and how the rich manage their money, uh, when you think of spending less on bills, what is something that really comes to mind for you? Has there been something that's worked really well for you, or is that still a spot in your life that you're like, oh, I've got to do less on this? Mm, I, well, definitely since I'm a college student now, uh, usually the whole thing is that, you know, funds are kind of tight, and I, you know, I go to a private college currently, and I'm actually transferring because as a smart, intelligent financial decision, I wanted to lower the bill sure. as much as possible. Yeah. Sure, sure. So I'll I'll be attending a state school in New York instead of a private institution gotcha, beginning in gotcha. this spring. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, hack hack your uh, hack your college costs is a really important one yeah. for sure. Um, now, as far as your day-to-day spending goes, are you would you consider yourself a, a spendy person, a saver? Are you fairly frugal? How do you deal with your money on the day-to-day? I am very much of a, of a saver. Ever since I was little, I would save hundreds of dollars and just save everything. Cool! Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Do, do you have a lot yeah. of Do you have a lot of spenders in your life at all? Indeed, yes. <laughs> my family and my friends. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah, I see how they're affected by the decisions. Hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, now you mentioned spending less on bills, and and that's something that uh, we we talk about on when I've been making cash chat snap. We talk about that on the regular, not spending more than you earn. There's that gap there, and I think a lot of us kind of know that. It's like, yeah, duh, we're supposed to spend less than we earn, like otherwise we don't have money. But the world around us is really built in a way to promote the idea of spending more than we earn and the uh, acceptance of really things like high interest debt uh, when you're taking on debt that has interest interest rates over, especially in double digits and things like that, when those things can be avoided if you're a little more, you know, thoughtful with your mind. You mentioned, uh, speaking of being thoughtful, you mentioned a wealthy mindset. Um, when you yes. wrote that down as, a, as an idea to talk about, what, what were some of the ideas that came to mind? What brought that up as a topic for you? Okay, so when I was about 16 years old, and I'm 18 now, I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a, oh, great like, a, my, like, a, like a groundbreaking book that yeah, everyone it affected should, you, I huh? think, read. Yeah, and it, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's a whole other side to things now. And, and this opened up so many things for me. And What I were some wanna, of your aha moments from that, that book? Sorry to interrupt. What, what was some of your aha moments from that? But like, what were your big takeaways? Like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of that. Like, uh, it, definitely. Just, I remember it spoke about having deep desire and mm. it talked about auto suggestion, things like that. And from what I remember, those were the two main elements that really hit me. And, and and could you could I, you kind of what what exactly would that like could you kind of describe what that idea what those ideas are in in your terms you know yeah like so I, I don't expect desires, you to give me a book summary <laughs> right, right. desires wanting something so badly and uh you know having that desire more than fear and so hmm. wanting it more than how much you're scared of something and nice all yeah, suggestion yeah. just talks about. Uh, you know, taking control of your mind and, you know, we have, our minds are kind of like caged monkeys in a way, if you think, mm-hmm. um, as one perspective. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah so you really want to take control of your mind, take control of your life and 
Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so really, really trying to tap into the recognition that we're really emotional creatures and trying to, you know, kind of hack our habits around that. Is that kind of the idea? Like the idea of yes, like, exactly. yes, we're going to have big desires. We're going to have these, um, these impulse desires too, but where do our priorities lie and trying to figure out where that goes? Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that wealth mindset is extremely important. And, and one of the things that I always worry about whenever I bring up words like wealth, or investing is like that people will automatically assume, oh, they're just trying to get rich. And wealth yeah. can be so much more than money related. It, it, you know, it's about wealth and wellness are so closely tied together. Um, exactly. I've been thinking of the, I've been thinking of the corny phrase health wealth lately. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, oh, I should hashtag that more often. But that's the kind of geek I am. Um, you mentioned also the idea of how the rich manage their money. And yes. um, I'm going to call in a second when we get off here off the phone. I'm going to call a friend of mine who's a money manager um, that I know from way back. And while he can't give you any direct advice because that would you know, put him in some sort of legal bind, I think I'm going to talk to him about these topics a little bit. And when you say, um, when you bring up that idea, uh, what uh, were you wondering about or what are some of the things that you've learned so far when it comes to how the rich manage their money versus uh, the rest of us? Right. So I know that the rich, they certainly do not, usually play the lottery, they optimize their chances of winning instead of, you know, just trying to loosely predict their success and they Mm. really take control and they invest and they, you know, for example, they play the stock market or they're into cryptocurrency, that's all the rage now, (laughs) and (laughs) things like that. Yeah. And real estate, for example. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Actually, one of the one of the uh, ideas I came across not too long ago, and uh, pardon me, as I don't have any facts, we can check on it. But uh, the idea that a lot of those who amass uh, financial wealth in, especially in America, it tends to come from either a high-paying jobs, usually in things like tech industries and things like that, uh, or or possibly a, a high high-paid profession of some sort, high-paid professionals, doctors, uh, attorneys, such. Um, and then right. the other one, the other way to amass significant wealth is through real estate. Uh, so through your job and through real estate is the two ways that I've heard a lot about the exponential growth of financial wealth happening in people's lifetimes. Um, it's interesting. I like, uh, because it sounds like you've really noticed the intention uh, making intentional choices. And that's what a lot of us have sh- struggles with, uh, myself included sometimes, of not wanting to get bogged down in our finances on a daily or on a weekly or on a monthly because we're so wanting to live our lives doing the other thing. And it doesn't have to be an either-or situation. And I think many of those who have significant financial wealth have figured that out, is manage your money in ways so it doesn't manage you. Figure out ways to make your living without making your money being the focus, you know? So right. I, I, I guess uh, I'm really excited to know a little bit more about your hustle. And next time we talk, 
I, I really want to get more into these side hustles you talked about. Plus, I didn't know you were a drummer, which really excites me. I am a really bad <laughs> left-handed bass guitarist, so I could totally oh, yeah. be the worst person in our new cover band that we form someday. I don't know. What <laughs> really. um, but yeah. anyway, thanks. I'm, I'm going to call uh, my, my manager friend here, so I'm going to say goodbye for a moment. But I'm going to call you back in a little bit and just give you a couple sure. of the ideas that he drops on me. And it'll probably be butchered because I probably won't remember everything he says because he's got great <laughs> advice. But um, we'll go from there. Does that work All for right. you? Yep, sure. Cool. I'll call you back in a little bit. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey there. Is this Mr. T-Bill himself? It is Mr. T-Bill. Uh, hey, sir. How's it going? Good, ladies good and gentlemen, just, just, so, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, his name is not actually Mr. T-Bill, but we are changing his name to protect the not-so-innocent. Good to see, good to hear from you, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for calling. Yeah, sure. So I just talked to – so I, just to fill you in, this is, like I said to folks before, the second time I've ever recorded this podcast, so we're just trying to riff it and see what it goes. And the thing I told Annalise Bronze earlier is – I apologize if we go through this whole recording and I somehow crash these, this app and we lose everything. I think of this as, you know, sand, uh, sandcastle building right now. So hopefully the waves won't come in. But uh, right now I'm sitting in my car at my work in the parking lot. So it's a little bit chilly. But where are you right now? I'm sitting in my car at my work in the parking lot. So we are uh, <laughs> not, not, not surprisingly – uh, uh, on the same on the same page. I like that. I like that. Um, so tell me, uh, Mr. T. Bill, uh, you're you're you manage money, is that right? Yeah. So so you know, first you know, we've had to I've had to change my name. You know, I've been in the financial industry for more or less my entire career, and I have to use this you know surname, Mr. T. Bill, because the financial industry regulates me such that I can't really speak wholeheartedly and honestly, you know, uh, in a venue like this without having my words written and, and pre-approved and such such that, that it kind of limits my ability to communicate with you. So I've worked in the financial industry my entire career. I've developed a, uh, you know, a set of opinions and beliefs that I, that, you know, kind of are in line with what I call my moral compass, hmm. uh, but not necessarily in line with what you may read or hear or see uh, in magazines, TV, or the news. So, you know, I, I, you know, I welcome this opportunity to, to, to speak my mind, uh, to speak freely and hopefully give the listeners the ability to learn from someone like me without the influence of me trying to have an agenda. Right. So I'm completely anonymous. I'm not trying to get you to to buy anything for me or anything like that. I just want to share what I know and hopefully help, your 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 listeners well i appreciate it and and that's exactly what i'm so excited about is one that's kind of the 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 mindset behind greg chats cash and really all this stuff is how can we help each other get to know this stuff better without being like shackled and so um right now i just spoke with annalise bronze a moment ago and she sent me a list of topics. I sent them over to you. You sent a few back, and we just chatted about three of them for a little while. And I'm going to throw them out there because I'd really like to hear your thoughts on them. Um, and actually, a couple of them really touch upon some of the things you just said. 
The first one that uh, we talked about for a little bit was uh, spending less on our bills. And one of the things that she really struck upon is that she is a freshman in college right now in her first semester at a private school. And she decided next semester she's moving to over to a state school because the amount of money that she's spending per semester is going to be pretty crippling, I think. That's the my words, not hers, um, as far as the financial burden when she gets out of school. So she's really starting to look at that. And she considers herself a saver. And in fact, she is such a saver that she is also a side hustler like you wouldn't believe. I just found it out on this call. She started selling stuff online. You know, you've probably heard of people selling books online, right? Yeah, sure. Have you ever heard of someone selling old magazines online? Like, they, like she just picked up her old magazines and posted them online and people bought them. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's too she is she a Gary V uh, listener? That that's his, oh, that's yeah. his mo. Uh, Annalise Bronze is a, a hustler. Uh, it, like not even in the making, she's already there. Uh, she is a fan of all of the all of the the gurus and mentors that probably you and I listen to as well. Um, so she mentioned kind of spending less on bills, and then the other two topics we talked a bunch about, which really touch upon that idea of you know Gary V and and these wealth mind is, is a wealth mindset and how the rich manage their money or deal with their money. And so I guess those are the three topics I'd love to hear your thoughts on, like spending less on bills, wealth, man wealth ma mindset, and how do, how do the rich deal with their money? Sure. And feel so free to you know, ramble on them in any direction. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'll probably, I'll probably weave it together because I think they're, they're fairly – they're fairly connected as is all you know one of the funny things is everybody's got every every financial like angle a bank a, 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 a financial advisor investment institution insurance company all has an angle but like what people fail to connect in that is that they're all connected just like mm. her questions are right okay. the, the wealth mindset and how do the rich manage their money and managing their their bills or their debt or whatever they're, they're all it's all yeah. just kind of like one you know, connected things. So, you know, I think in speaking of managing, you know, your bills, I think that one we can, I could probably just treat as an outlier. Sure. Um, I, the best advice I can give on that is to, to be vigilant always. And what that means is when, when you're, when you get your, let's say car insurance, for example, mm -hmm. the perfect, perfect example. A lot of times people will say, you know, I've been with XYZ company for, uh, you know, for for um, five years, and they're they're great, whatever, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a, a fairly common statement, and and that's totally fine, right? It's easy, but X Y Z company has been raising their raising their rates by three dollars a month every six months, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. and it, it, it's like somewhat of a negligible increase at each interval. And so much so you don't notice it, or if you do notice it, you say, "Wow, it's only three bucks, right?" Kind so, of that but, death like, by a thousand cuts. You don't really see it coming. Yeah, yeah. And then so I bring in like the rule of seventy-two, right? You know the rule of seventy-two, right, Greg? I I do, but uh, put it in your words because they've heard it. Some of my listeners have heard it in my words, and I'd love to hear it in your words. I love that rule. Yeah, and it's I mean, not really well, a rule, right? It's kind of a guideline. Yeah, well, if, I don't know, man. I call it a rule, but you, whatever. It, you yeah. know, so it's. It's the it's the amount of time it takes for money to double um, when a certain rate of interest is applied. 
So okay. the way that I kind of applied in this in this scenario is, let's say that that three dollar increase is, I don't know, um, for easy math, it's not realistic at all. Yeah. But, but let's just say that it's seven seven uh, percent of the total car insurance bill. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if if they're raising the rate at at three dollars every six months, and it's mm-hmm. a seven percent increase, yeah. Ten intervals in ten intervals, their premium would have doubled, more or less, from where they started. But so how did they, just to people, be clear, how did you how did you get that from the rule of seventy two? Like how do you how do you use the rule of seventy two? So the rule of seventy two is you know so if, if if I'm trying to figure out you know how long it takes for money to double or in this case sure. a bill to double, yeah. and I have a seven percent increase. Yeah. I divide 72 by 7, uh, okay, right. which is 10 points, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, 10 points. You know, 10 points something. So so basically what I'm trying to say is that little incremental increases in your bills will over time yield big differences, right? So then the other side of that is companies are always willing to buy and compete for your business and they will love you until they get you in the door and then they'll start to give you those death by a thousand cuts. So in that yeah. regard, I think I think vigilance is, is absolutely critical. You need to stay on top of things. Car insurance is a perfect example. Other things is, and I started to know this as we've kind of, you know, gone into more of um, death by subscription, right? Everything mm-hmm. is a subscription. Uh, yeah. Hulu, uh, you know, whatever. I don't, you know, Netflix, whatever, whatever. All these things, you know, you, you start to have these uh, subscriptions add up, and you need to stay on top of that because, again, you know, you know, when you have few bills. It's because it's a little bit easier to manage as you, as your bills grow and as your responsibilities grow and things like that. It becomes more and more important to be vigilant. So what I often recommend is that clients every year or thereabout kind of like do an audit. Mm. And what an audit is, is kind of go through your expenses, go through your bank records, what you know, what what have you, and see where you can save money, right? And challenge yourself to save ten percent, let's say. You know, and 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 ten percent. Yeah. You know, let's say your monthly expenses is, you know, two thousand dollars. If you can find a way to to peel back ten percent, you just put two hundred dollars back into your pocket. Now, yeah. if, you know, the other side of the uh, the other side of the equation. Now, what do you do with that two hundred bucks? And you can use that to build wealth, right? So we'll connect that over to the wealthy mindset. Yeah. So you know, yeah. what what the wealthy folks do is they find a way to get their money to work for them, and 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 that's one hundred percent of their secret. I think. You know that's what uh, that's what uh, Gary Vee says. That's that's what that's what the successful folks do is to find ways to put your money to work. So that and just just to clarify money- for just to clarify for folks, if you're not familiar, Gary Vee is a uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a uh, an entrepreneur and uh, just a all around hustler, and he's got some great motivational stuff out there. But continue, you were saying about that making it you know work for you making your money work for you, right? You hear, and this like occurred to me earlier this week as, as I was talking to my partner, but you know, we spend, we spend our entire career thinking that we are going to work and, and hustle at our job and create wealth. Right. And I'll mm-hmm. give you, I'll give you an example that, that really kind of like stuck out to me again, mm-hmm. using that rule of 72. If you had, uh, if you had a thousand dollars and you doubled it, uh, something like fourteen times, and, mm-hmm. and, and folks at home, you can do the math. And please don't shoot me if it's wrong. 
But if you double mm-hmm. it in the form of compounding interest, one becomes two, two becomes four, and so on, you have something like $9 million, right? Now, <laughs> yeah. this, this, it's wild, right? Yeah. It's so, it's Greg, if I asked you, uh, if from the start of your career, if you did nothing, if you worked, whatever, but you said, I have 1000 bucks, and I'm just going to focus on doubling this every however long it takes, but I know I have to do it 14 times throughout my career. Do you think you could do it? Um, I, I don't think I could do it within my current job because I, no, I don't no, no, know that I'd be earning that. enough. But You're I'm, talking about I'm making talking the money about, work for me, huh? Yeah, I'm talking about having $1,000 and say, okay, what do I have to do to get this this 1000 to 2 Maybe I'll oh, buy magazines okay. and I'll post it on eBay, right? So yeah. now I've got my first double under so my So the belt. wealth mindset now is have, about setting that wealth goal and figuring out ways to get there kind of. Yes, and eventually getting your money to work for you because once you've accumulated enough, the lift becomes easier. It's a heavier lift in the beginning, and the wealthy, then once they achieve that certain wealth where, you know, a million or two or $4 million is producing 3% interest, you know, $4 million producing 3% interest is $120,000, right? That's interesting. So go ahead. Yeah. How quickly was? No, no, you're, no, you're cool. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, so, I, because I, I was when I think of wealth mindset, the other thing that comes to mind is not as much monetary wealth too. Is about that mindset of, like you're saying, like if you're setting that plan up of I'm going to double my money or I'm going to build my wealth to X amount of dollars, it becomes a wealth lifestyle. You have to be like I, I keep thinking of this phrase that I've been kicking around lately: health wealth of like. Uh, or wealth health, just the idea of it's not just about the dollars. It's about how do you live your life? I just listened to uh, someone else that we both admire, Tim Ferriss, talking about in his latest book, Tribe of Mentors, over 80% of the people he interviewed that are extremely successful start their day with either some form of physical exercise or meditation. And so there's these ideas of the wealthy mindset of like, okay, if I want to be uh, if I want to build a wealthy and prosperous life, not just in money, I need to emulate some of these people that are doing the same. It's about living a life of design, not like default, right? And I mm, and and I like life that. of design and, and 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 being able to to design your life is is you know kind of taking these opportunities and why you, you know you could treat your day job as your side hustle, you know, and 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 look at it like. Your main hustle is getting your money to grow and work for you. And so you Whoa, get I, I, I like point. that idea. Set your day job as your side hustle. Uh, don't tell your boss, right? <laughs> yeah, don't tell <laughs> but your boss. I like but that. but if, you, if you shift your mind, you know, the other thing, the wealthy, you know, I, I, and I, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and you know, we own, we own two businesses and, uh, you know, uh, I've learned that, you know, you don't get rich necessarily or you don't achieve wealth by working for other people. And wealth, by any way that you define it, whether it's financial or necessarily, and for the most part, I know people are very happy work-life balances and things like that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, when you're grinding for someone else, right, when you're yeah. in, the, in the trenches and you're digging someone else's ditch, you know, as they're, you know, as they're kind of watching you and, and, and telling you to dig deeper or faster or harder or whatever, you know, th- th- there's no happiness necessarily in that, you know. But, but on the other hand, if you at the same time are treating that building your wealth as your side hustle and achieving those goals and, and you appreciate the fight that it takes 
to accomplish, both the discipline of saving, the discipline of showing up for work every day to get it done, and the, and the execution of the idea of whatever it is that you have to build some of that wealth. I think that, I think those are, that's like the formula for, for life happiness is, 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 is overcoming obstacles and succeeding through challenges and doing ultimately what, what you want to do by design. And that's really, I, I, I think, go ahead. I, I like that because uh, you're focusing more on the mind. When you say wealthy mindset, it sounds to me like you're thinking about the mindset even more than the wealth itself. So like focus on the mindset that you're going to develop. Um, I like that. Right. Hey, we, uh, but just, a, uh, just a couple more things. Cause I, I don't want to run too long here too. Um, is I appreciate the time and effort of anyone listening. So, uh, like, we have no sponsors. In fact, this is a time for our sponsorship, sponsored by your time and attention, folks. Your time and attention is more valuable than your money. So, you know, I appreciate that you're here listening to us, and I challenge you today to think about how you allocate your time and attention. Um, back to the last question, though, how do the rich manage their money that, in ways that we can do? Because when a lot of people, including myself, is like, well, I can't get access to those uh, brokers. I can't get access to those trades. I can't get it at those prices. I can't get those expense rates. Like, how do the wealth manage their money in ways that we can think about doing it? You know, uh, and then, I guess this is probably like the, probably the most controversial area that that we'll discuss. And I think that you know we manage money you know differently for different people. So it's very very individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I were if I were to say that. Hey, you know, if 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 you've got a thousand bucks, what do you do with it? I would really strongly consider uh, buying individual stocks. You can buy them, um, you know, through the online brokerage like E Trade and things like that. Um, not without researching it, but look for individual stocks of companies that you know, that you use, and that you like, and they, that you believe that they have a future. And a great example, you know, of, of that would be something like Facebook, right, where you see uh, the company Facebook is pervasive. It, it's, it's, it's got its hands in everything. They're in artificial intelligence, things like that. How do you buy Facebook and avoid buying the next MySpace? Or how do we know that Facebook isn't going to become the next MySpace? Uh, just a, I like the idea of – you know, thinking about individualized stocks uh, as your most aggressive investing strategy. But one of the things, uh, you know, folks who've listened to me before may have heard is I'm a big fan of at least having a strong base of what are called index funds, those broadly diversified spread across, you know, instead of picking and choosing of the market, at least starting with a broad, you know, an index fund buys the entire market is the idea. And I like having that as a base. And so what are your thoughts on at least start – for example, do you recommend like if someone owns no stocks at all, are you recommending that they start with single stock purchases or what's what's yeah, your thoughts? And on it's prob I hear you know, I hear you and I guess it's probably a loaded you know, my statement's somewhat loaded in that like just yesterday I have a friend who said, I've got two thousand dollars I want to put away, what should I do with it? I said, Listen, mm -hmm. here's what we're doing. Buy this stock and I'll tell you when to sell it. Right. So I guess in 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 and I guess so. You have some expertise, uh, expertise on that side. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledge it. So acknowledge. But that being said, right? So I guess that's the professional hat. That yeah. being said, I think index funds. I think index funds are a great, uh, a great way to get your money to work. But I think more. Uh, let's just go above all else, right? Sure. Get in the game. Get your ah, money invested. I like that. Get yeah. it out of your savings account. 
I think we, you and I right now, cash chat, snap, chat, Greg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Greg chat cash now. I think, I'm making it even more confusing. Go ahead. Cash, cash. <laughs> it's like a, it's an alliteration. Uh, right. uh, listen, getting in the game is more important. I think we're splitting hairs if we say stock, index, managed funds, right. whatever. Yeah. Find something that you're interested in, that you can be passionate about, that you can feel good about. There's just as there are index funds that are. Uh, you know, by the whole market, there's also socially responsible funds that only sure. buy, that that you know don't own gun companies or something like that. Hey, do like you that. happen? You know, and somebody else asked me about that the other day. Do you know any uh, like off the top of your head any of them like one or two? Uh, and if not, that's fine. We can talk about. It. I'd love to pick your brain sometime about socially responsible funded funds because there's some people who've been asking like, where do I find those? Is there any that come to mind right away? And if not, we can chat some other. I mean, I mean, truthfully, here's here's the financial secret that no one wants to say you yeah. find that on google google okay cool. <laughs> i mean there really you, you know i mean that's, so we that's, do, that's we where do a lot of you, the advisors will go and when <laughs> we we do what you do i mean and that's where we start right you know we, we google it and then we start our, our diligence process there because normally we'll come up with several and then we'll like look it, into yeah. several and see well this strategy is good or not good Listing or this one yeah. has to perform well or whatever Cool. Uh, that, but, that's a great but, tip, people. But, Just Google it. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. But listen, I'll I'll end it with this. If you you know if you if your your question is you know if this part is get you know what to do. Just get in the game. Get yourself started. It doesn't yeah. matter. It really doesn't. It, it you know once and you'll learn. And even if you put your money in and you lose twenty percent, don't quit because that twenty percent will be a lesson that mm. you shouldn't do the next time, right? Reflect on the mistakes and, and you'll be fine. I mean, yes. you know, it'll come back yeah. to you. Two of the quotes that, two of the quotes that jumped to mind, one of them is from a reseller named uh, the posh hanger on Instagram. She mentioned to me in reselling it's uh, get started because it's the pro learn the process. Don't worry about the profits right off the bat. So what you're saying there is, Correct. yeah, get into it. It's better to lose. It's, it's much safer to lose 20% when you start and learn from those mistakes than learn 20 and then lose 20% 30 or 40 years in, right? So like well, it's better you know, 20% when it's a million dollars that's a that's a healthy that's a healthy Exactly. Ball. And the other it's thing is yeah. Burton G, Burton G Malkiel, one of the great investors, uh one of my favorite quotes from him is time in the market beats timing the market every time. So it's about getting in and, and getting started. Yeah, without a doubt, just let it ride. I mean, if, if nothing else, and 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 learn, and, and if you feel so inclined, buy stock, individual stocks, or yeah. uh, index funds, or ETFs, or whatever. But get it. Hey, in. And, and just, yeah. just a, real quick, one last thing I would throw out there for uh, those because time in the market. So for the teens and twenty somethings, for and even thirty and forty somethings listening, and fifty and sixty somethings, um, maybe not sixty because it wouldn't quite work. Uh, do you think like maybe looking at getting that whole game started by starting a Roth IRA may be a good way to go for a lot of folks because of the ability to defer it? Or would you say, like, keep access to your money? Because, uh, by the way, folks, a Roth IRA is a retirement account. So you're, anything you earn, anything your money makes grows tax-free if you don't touch it till retirement or age 59 and a half or older. So uh, would you recommend, like, a 16-year-old or an 18-year-old who's making at least 1000 bucks a year start a Roth IRA as their first way to invest? Hey, man, yeah, you, I, absolutely. I'll ask you a question. I'll, I'll put it back to you. Uh, cash chat guy, yeah. <laughs> do you think that taxes will be 
will be higher 30 years from now or lower than they are today? Right, right, yeah, yeah. What do you right, think? Yeah, Answer your question. Higher, Answer higher, my question. definitely. Higher, of course, yeah. right? That, that's, yeah. Of course. So, yeah. therefore, get in the Roth as soon as possible. Now, the only caveat or asterisk to that is, is I'm hesitant to have anybody invest anything without, you know, a little bit of a cash a cash reserve. Cash you know, stronghold, yeah, cash stronghold, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, but once you've got a cash reserve built, then get, go ahead, go for it. Don't put money in a place that you're going to need to move it to another place if possible, right? Like try to set it and forget it, like save it like it's spent or invest it like it's spent, you know, because buy and hold is so where it's at. I love it. Hey, Mr. T-Bell, thanks for this. I really appreciate it. I'm going to call Annalise back and just kind of like butcher some of your advice in my own words and uh, wrap up today's first ever interview podcast. Thanks for joining me. All right, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Great. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah. Hey there. Hey. Hey, so I, one, had so much conversation that it was much longer than I expected. So thanks for still being available. I just want to give a couple of these cool tips uh, and ideas that he passed on to me. I got so excited listening to his responses because a lot of the things that you mentioned that you're doing, you're already on the track when it comes to some of these topics. For example, he mentioned to me, um, when it comes to thinking about spending and such, the the idea of being really aware of where your money goes and really doing those self audits every once in a while. He also touched mm-hmm. upon subscriptions. Uh, the, what are your month to month bills and thinking along those lines of like those are the you know what uh, what can be really um, beneficial to really focus on because our day to day spending is one thing, but it's those subscriptions that we set and just have coming out automatically over time, including things like insurance bills, whether it's car insurance or otherwise. So my first right. thought is, do you have uh, subscriptions that you feel really strongly about? Is there any subscriptions in your life or month to month bills that could be something that you consider um, dialing back? Mm, that's a good question because uh, my dad actually pays for my Netflix monthly mm. subscription. So that's Always uh, great. Yeah. good. <laughs> I don't I don't have Spotify premium or anything like that. Uh again, I'm very practical, but uh I would say my phone bill is definitely just one of the monthly expenses So I would challenge, you know, something to consider is uh, jump on the website and do a little bit of an audit on the phone bill and look at like, okay, is there any way I could cut this bill down even by a few dollars? He was talking a little bit about auto insurance. Uh, Do you have, do you have auto insurance? I wasn't sure. You're a New Yorker. So yeah, I figured. (laughs) (laughs) I love that about New York. It's like, who needs cars? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, uh, so, uh, you know, along the same lines is one thing he mentioned with auto insurance is the creep of the cost over time, whether it's three dollars a month or I'm sorry, three dollars every six months, you know, three dollars a month increase every six months. They creep up the cost over time. And so figure out ways to combat that creep as it creeps up. Um, and he right. often he was talking about like looking at switching auto insurance providers. And that can be tricky with phone bills, but you can play that game too, just like when you uh people negotiate cable bills, you can do the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, and one of my favorite uh, financial uh, gurus, Stephanie O'Connell, who's actually there in New York City, she recently oh. said to us, negotiate everything because it's possible. Um, and one of the other ideas is if you're not a negotiator that I like is what if you want to practice negotiation? Next time you go to buy something small like a cup of coffee, just flat out ask, hey, can I have 10% off this? 
Not because right. like you're going to say anything else, but it's just that negotiation skill. And that actually brings me to what he was talking about with the wealth mindset. And mm-hmm. a lot of the wealth mindset, as soon as he was telling me about it, all I kept thinking was, yeah, I think Annalise is on this track already because he focused a lot less on the wealth and more on the mindset, where you are trying to set your priorities and goals going forward, what it is you're trying to build towards, even if you don't have a specific um, you know, project, business, or outcome that you're building towards, at least getting yourself on that direction of constantly trying to figure out like things like, how can I double my money in the next few years? How could I double it again after that? What are some ways to build towards something that you want by using other things to get there? You know, so for example, the cutting down on the bills or like you talked about all your side hustles of selling things, um, you you may not want to become a full-time magazine reseller, but it's going to get you towards the things that you want. Um, With the wealth mindset, I, the other thing that he really jumped into when we started talking about how the rich manage their money is investing mm-hmm. and investing and investing. Have you started any type right. of uh, any type of long-term investing yet? Uh, I started small. I started with, as you recommend, uh, recommended, uh, I started using Acorns. And oh, cool. I check did out check, Acorns. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did. Cool. And I checked out Betterment. I didn't sign up yet, but I was trying to decide which, you know, apps are good, which apps are bad. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, you and I can talk some other time, but the other thing to consider is a little bit of DIY uh, because you're kind of someone who seems to have a lot of awareness of where things are going in and out of her life financially. um, I'm I'm very much a DIY. Like, for example, I don't use a, you know, I've talked about acorns on Cash Chat Snap, but I don't use it personally because I really like to. One, try to cut down expenses. I'm a big fan of trying to reduce my expenses whenever possible. For example, I always think to myself, why am I giving someone money so that they can give it to someone else and then they're just going to charge me for it? So if I can just give it to the final person in the form of investment, right. I try to do that. Right. But I, but what's most important, what's most exciting is what you just touched upon was what he said, get started. Like if nothing else, whether it's choosing a stock, whether it's choosing index funds, because him and I went a little bit back and forth about individual stocks versus index funds and um, the idea of buying the whole market versus buying specific pieces of it. Um, And Mm -hmm. more than anything, his advice was get started because even if you make mistakes, it's better to make the mistakes early on. And, you know, losing 20% of $1,000 versus losing 20% of a million dollars years later, that's the difference that you want to learn now. And I always think of it like a game of mini golf. Like, yeah, we try to get a hole in one on the first shot, but Mm -hmm. we're here to play the game. So if you don't take that first swing, you're never going to get that hole in one. You're never going to get it in six, right? Um, right. So I'm really excited to hear that because that you have gotten started on some investing. Um, The other thing that he really stressed when it comes to how the rich manage their money is making sure that you have that, um, he didn't use these words, but it's one of my favorite phrases, a margin of safety, that cash stronghold, those, uh, that Mm -hmm. money set aside so that you never ever, if you start investing, you don't ever have Mm -hmm. to pull that investment money out because you need it in some sort of emergency or unique opportunity. You set it there so that it can grow over time because time in the market beats timing the market kind of idea. Have you started like trying to build up that cash stronghold? Yes. Yes. I remember you did give me this piece of advice and I'm like, okay, I'm going to set aside this amount at least 20% and put it in my savings and don't touch it. 
Cool, cool. So uh, the other thing I asked him about is because I was asking about socially minded uh, funds, like, you know, ones that may not involve uh, buying gun companies or may remove some uh, some types of companies that might be socially less desirable than others. And I was like, so how do we find these specific social Fund, socially aware funds and know that they're the right funds for us. And I was like, are mm-hmm. there secret tips? Are there ones that you would recommend? And his secret that a lot of them do is the same thing we should do, which is Google it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the money manager's <laughs> answer was Google it and then start your due diligence from there. Because when you start Googling these social funds, you'll start picking them apart. One of the things I didn't say with him, but I would throw out there to you is, as well, is when you start investing, it does become a part-time job. Which is one of the reasons I love index funds, because I don't have to make it a part-time job. I just set up automatic investing strategies, and I just check on it every once in a while. When you get into things like Mm -hmm. buying individual stocks, it's Mm -hmm. really in your best practice to start things like reading stock reports, which not all of us want to do. I might want to do, but not all of us. Um, When it comes to to that idea of getting started more on investing now, what is some of the thoughts that you have as far as, oh, maybe that's where I should start next? Hmm. Well, I would definitely, I definitely should start off by reading some of those stock reports and familiarizing myself with uh, effective strategies on exactly how to invest and obviously start investing. Yes. Sure, sure. Buying a stock and, yeah, I don't. Well, I'll, t- yeah, I'll tell you I'm what. I'll tell you what. Next to... time, yeah, putting in the work first. You know, practice. Uh, uh, one of my favorite. Uh, one of my other. I've dropped a lot of quotes on this podcast so far. One of my other favorite quotes is: "Before you invest in anything, invest time in learning more about it," and which is exactly what you just described. Um, yeah. And what I'm going to do <laughs> is also make sure to uh, when we chat next time um, that. I drop a few other resources for learning about the basics of investing. One of the first things right off the bat that jumps to mind is something called the Retirement Gamble, which was a PBS Frontline special back from 2013, but it's still really relevant today. It's about 50 minutes long, and it really talks about that that investing for when we get older. Um, And that can give you a really good uh, idea on some of the ideas around fees and expenses to be aware of, but don't Mm -hmm. put the cart before the horse. Don't get tied up in fees and expenses, get tied up in getting started. Um, And I'll definitely send over a few other resources I've, I've found along the way. One of them that I love is also a book called the automatic millionaire by David Bach, B A C K or B A C H. Mm -hmm. Um, And because that is very much my mentality of how can I invest and then do other things with my life because I don't want to spend all my time investing. But if you're a stock right. reader, I have a couple books for you. We'll, we'll talk offline sometime. Is there any, uh, yes. any other, with my rambling here, is there any other questions or any other thoughts <laughs> you have that you wanted to share with the audience before we wrap up our first episode here? You certainly answered all, all of my questions, and I just want to say thank you so much for having me on oh, here. Oh, it's a and pleasure. I'm, I'm really happy that I found you through Snapchat. Well, I'm I'm happy I found you too. And folks, if you are listening to this later, come join us on our Facebook page, Cash Chat Snap, or the Facebook group, Cash Chat Snap, because Annalise and I are going to start working on uh, making more content there, one, because I'm not much of a long-form writer. And uh, we're going to collaborate, and maybe we'll, you know, update our conversation here, there, on Facebook, or maybe on Instagram Live, or some other place along the way. Um, Of course. I, I really want to thank you for participating in this, and uh, and I look forward to working with you throughout this rest and into the new year. So I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Sure. All right. Thank All right, you. Have a Bye-bye. great day. Bye. Bye-bye.